even the, the idea of competition itself, I'm really starting to recognize in my, in, in my, in me that it was not a loving thing to do. And I notice I can't be in a competition and not in my heart want other people to fail or to do worse. And on the surface, you can say everything like, yeah, like you do obviously there's part of you that wants people to do well and you want to see cool tricks and stuff but there's still a part of you that that in me not everyone maybe but was in me when i was competing that you want people to not do as well and that's not a nice thing a nice wolf to feed in within me hi louis here thank you for swinging by this legend needs little introduction but it's an immense honor to have the one and only Team Livewire Chief for this episode of Swapping Shoes. It's by far one of my favorite episodes ever and I will cut the introduction and jump straight into it because I can't wait to share it with you. This is Swapping Shoes with Team Chief. There it goes. Let's do this. Hey. Hello, team. Hey. Welcome to Swapping Shoes. Luis, thanks for having me, man. It's good to talk. Good, good to yeah, have man. you. Good to have you, and good to see you. And you know, last time we saw each other was 2014 or 15 in your apartment. You remember in London? Yes, I think we watched a documentary about fish or something like <laughs> some <laughs> probably, vegan probably. thing I was showing Not you. Really yeah, sure. was, I remember. <laughs> Long yeah. days past that. I, I actually on this talk, I don't even want to get into a vegan no, con uh, conversation. You know, it's, we passed that. <laughs> I think the internet also heard enough of it. Um, yeah, we don't need more yeah, of it. But the, the first time, um, I, of course, I always wanted to talk to you because you're a fucking legend. And, um, but recently I, I listened to the podcast of Ido Portal and Huberman Lab, which is my favorite podcast in the whole wide world. And I put on my story and Lean actually said, you should talk to Tim because I think he's the most into this conversation. <laughs> but then I also thought it would be a little bit of a shame to have you on Swapping Shoes and only focus on that. So we can go a little bit on that yeah. topic. But before all, uh, and before ask, saying thank you for being here, I want to ask you uh, a little bit about parkour. Great. Go for it. I'd love to talk okay, about so it. So you're a, you're a legend, you know, you are one of the people who shaped the most the parkour that we practice today, you know, like your presence, your uh, your videos, you're traveling around, your content with flow, your content on your own channel forever shaped parkour uh, as it is right now. It's part Thank of you, it. man. I appreciate it. I really don't ever feel that way about it. But uh, to hear that, I, uh, yeah, those kind words, appreciate it, man. I just had passion. Uh, for what I was doing until I didn't and then moved on um, but I put everything into the sport and and yeah yeah it was <laughs> I, I don't feel like I've, it's even over for me you know I feel like it's a chapter and I, I just yeah but we'll get into that I'm sure yeah and so what do you miss the most about those prime years of you in the parkour scene road um man there, there was just some real i don't know just just some exciting times you don't you don't realize that you're in those times until they pass um but just the the living day to day that i that i still see you seem to do and, and like you're able to just um just train and just 
get out every day and your 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 priorities just feel a lot more aligned with uh natural flows than when you grow up and you have a job and you've got to earn money and all that stuff and there's just a freedom to, to how parkour and freerunners live and a priority system of of how the day should flow that that sometimes it can be a little too hippie and relaxed and free free flowing but but at the same time i think it's there's a way that animals live that's a little more that way and i think we've got too structured in our lifestyles and i've, I've strived to make money to survive in current societies with you know the capitalist culture that we've got um but yeah it was the it's the free-flowing days that we had back then which is so beautiful to to be involved with and to be around people like danny uh, illabaca and phil doyle and to watch them move and progress and assess stuff and just do absolutely mind-blowing and you know even people like kai and stuff doing ridiculous running jumps and precisions and to witness it man i always just felt like uh out like outcast like i didn't have a right to be there from a parkour perspective um like I, my my lower body ability was nowhere near as good as those guys and i just had this like upper body ability that that got me recognition but it, i always felt like a little bit just like i say outcast and just like I wasn't on their level with that kind of stuff, but I was just around to witness it. And it was just, it was incredible. And I had, I probably had a fair, if I'm honest, truly honest, a fair bit of jealousy, not, not in like a, a mean way, but I was like, man, I would, it just looks so fun to be able to move and have that confidence. So when I was around these people and even yourself as well, seeing like seeing the way you train and move and how confident and sure-footed you are. I never think I've, I really felt that, that much. And there was little moments when I got better, but then like injuries or things would push me back a bit. And don't you think that also so much difference that we have, like we all so different and we all contribute in a way you contributed in <laughs> your way and your contribution was uh, very valuable because, for example, uh, Castaway is pretty much kind of like your uh, inser insertion in parkour, you know, I think you were one of the first people to uh, do Castaway consistently. And I remember in 2008 when you were in Lisbon on this event called Clash with the other Urban Free Flow guys. You and Blue, you mm -hmm. were doing this castaway, and I was like, oh, that's so cool. And the handstand <laughs> back, you know? So I yeah. feel like th this uh, yeah. difference on on styles and on, uh, like, anatomic uh, uh, advantages also is what make parkour so rich, right? Yeah, well, I, I, I do appreciate that, but... Honestly, the most fun thing in parkour for me is just moving on your feet, you know, striding and running precisions confidently on your feet. And I don't think I ever got to fully experience that in my body the way some athletes were able to do it. And I think if I truly trace it, I think my breakdancing background may have um, developed me biomechanically to have certain uh, dysfunctions in the way my upper body and lower body connected that then inhibited me so while I was able to do what I could do to get by that was fun you know doing castaways onto crash mats and things the most funnest I ever felt was when I was doing parkour if I can use the word pure like in the purest sense of parkour was the most fun I ever felt and the most I ever respected athletes that were that were doing that more than any of the free running and the tricks and stuff I just had much more of a innate drawing to those type of maneuvers And I was never able to feel like I could fulfill the potential because of my, what I feel like is my, the biomechanics of how my body was built and developed over time, um, limited that for me. So yeah, like I said, I 
appreciate you you offering that i i still contributed but more than contribution would be to to was that and you know maybe it's the case of the grass is always greener kind of thing but mm -hmm, that yeah. was just kind of how that's kind of how i felt and yeah mm -hmm. and um the other thing that you said that i really liked was uh, about the um, the animals that we live we we parkour people we live very close to the ways that animals seem to live and i really I kind of agree with it and i feel like this can be a dangerous thing because uh, this too much of a hippie thing and the lack of structure can bring some harm, uh, in my opinion. I feel like it's good that we would have some, um, like, base grounds, you know, things to rely on, on institutional way and, and things like this. I feel like mm -hmm. that would be important. So people could also make parkour for a living and not only as a hobby or as a passion, you know. Uh, I think that would be really, really nice. Yeah, yeah, there's... Is it, there's a balance because you it, there was this definitely a turning point when I started to do it professionally with Urban Free Flow, and it, maybe it's a dramatic turn of phrase, but just if <laughs> and you obviously you don't want to acknowledge it at the time, but looking back, there was a little bit of selling our souls to a degree, mm -hmm. which certain athletes certain athletes navigated out of because I think they sensed in their heart there was something un uh, uneasy about you know getting paid a lot of money to do these corporate gigs, which that never filled them with inspiration yeah. you, you have to when they say three two one go you go and you never fully warmed up and you never you know and i know you, you've experienced a little bit of that and there are different jobs at, at different yeah. levels where you can you know turn up for it and others you know but yeah that that i felt an element of that where i chose the career and maybe that's to do with wanting to please my parents or prove something to them that it could be successful or getting out of the neighborhood or whatever it was i chose that path and looking back, you know, it, it may not have been the, the purest decision. Well, yeah. Well, I think your job was really good to us. I, I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> it's, mm. a, it's a shame <laughs> that some people have to be kind of martyrs of the passion and sac sacrifice their passion in order <laughs> to to make the, this uh, very ludic thing, uh, serious thing that other people can start right now and go to serious gyms and serious academies mm. and coaching and this it, it it's a yeah. balance it's, it's a balance we of course because it's, <laughs> a, it's a balance of course because the freedom is something that draw a lot of us to it but um it's nice that mm. some people like you and your generation were there to um set the ground so we could step up the game and we can have kids like alice tohau doing the craziest shit nowadays <laughs> yeah well, we, we were fighting an uphill battle to, to even to train back then, like you say, with all the gyms and facilities now, like just to get out. You had to be really passionate about it and you had to really um, get out consistently and, and, and practice. Um, but yeah, the, there was there was definitely so much in the making of in the YouTube videos that I created, you know, some of the with like Danny and Jenks and all that stuff. Those those days were a lot of fun. That, that mm -hmm. was a great times, you know. Wow, you could feel it, man. You could really feel it. Like some days I still watch it, some of these videos and and I get so inspired and there's this nice warm feeling inside, you know, of like, oh, good times. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's something that I kind of still try to to 
catch, to hunt, like I pursue these feelings every time I go training. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. Still, parkour is very, very nice to me and I love it very much until today. Mm. Um, and what is your vision right now on, on the parkour? If you, you have a little bit more distance and sometimes distance is good so you can have a global objective yeah. view on things. What is your vision right now on parkour? It, yeah that's a, a very good question well i enjoy stora and i go through phases when i don't watch them for months and then i might watch stora and, and like catch up on a load of videos and they just they just capture the feel of training so well um mm -hmm. and it's just great that that the world appreciates that because we didn't tell that we didn't never told that side of it to the degree that they're able to tell it and that is what makes parkour so fun and you, you put out the show reels and the videos but it just doesn't do it justice and Stora have just done an absolute gem of a job and to see that the world appreciate that to see like the if everyone like we all wish that everyone was kind of taught parkour from a young age or mo people that were drawn to it had more opportunity to it because everyone kind of in their heart they get it when they watch the Stora videos that like part of them wants to wish everyone kind of wishes they could do it like it's something so beautifully innate so I, I think it's only gonna it was always amazing to me that parkour took so long to be invented or whatever, you know, when it was, when it's the one thing that you, you don't need anything for, but a pair of trainers and not everyone even needs that. But I, I think it's got still got, I think it, it just depends which direction the world is heading in right now, because if there wasn't certain, not to get political, but if there wasn't certain agendas, I, th I feel happening in the, in the scheme of things, I, I just see parkour being taught in every school and the, even the, the the playgrounds on corners are pretty terrible in most countries, apart from somewhere like Denmark, where they seem to build parkour parks on, on street corners. And there's just an, a, a way we approach education, edu educating children and physical education. If I was to have any say in it, it would be so different and parkour would be a part of it. Uh, in the purest sense, not with like crash mats and flips, but just like, yeah, just a more understanding balance, understanding precisions, understanding jumping off one leg jumping off two legs hanging swinging just some foundations from it I, I would really love to see that promoted but I I catch up on like art of motion and stuff and I just think when I got out of parkour and got out of competitions the the only ones I really see because I love athletics and things like that is the speed if the speed parkour events uh are more sort of impressive to me although they're not as fun to watch because once you watch one run you've kind of watched most of them um so i i enjoy the element of speed runs more than like the competitive art of motion side of things but i i i still think there's there's some missing links with 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 it all because there's not this this i think there's still levels of fluidity that people like danny illabacker express that i still don't see the new generations when you're young you don't kind of understand that and so they chase the tricks and they chase the combos but the the fluidity that came from someone like danny just has to be such a deeper buried in the person to to try and draw to draw to that type of training if that makes sense yeah yes yes i agree with you yeah i see that a lot because it, it art of motion it's uh, it's shaping the way that uh, the new generation or the like the last two in, the, the most recent two generations the way they move like this uh trying to do as many tricks as possible in a line but it's like very much is lacking the athleticism and is lacking this fluidity of ilabaka and the speed competitions is something that can uh, bring it back in a way but it's still very athletics it's not it's not about um moving beautiful beautifully 
either. Um, so I, there's yeah. also skills competitions. Do you, did you watch them? Did you see any of them? Ah, uh, I haven't, but I do. I can appreciate that. And I, I don't know if it was Jimmy the Giant or someone said in a video recently that that, that was their favorite type of competition. And I thought, oh yeah, that makes sense. That 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 is a, a, a really cool style of competition. That I, yeah, I understand that. And then it was also World Chase Tag. I think is a, another great form of parkour mm -hmm. competition. Yeah. Um, I think the course could be done quite differently. I'd rather see like filled in walls rather than just bars. So, so they couldn't, so you could potentially hide behind stuff a bit more and make yeah. it a little more, you know, a little more uh, walls and, and blocky rather than just poles and, and the, the way it is. But that's another great form of it. Although, and, and even the, the idea of competition itself, I'm really starting to recognize in my, in, in my, in me that it was, not a loving thing to do and i notice i can't be in a competition and not in my heart want other people to fail or to do worse and on the surface you can say everything like yeah like you do obviously there's part of you that wants people to do well and you want to see cool tricks and stuff but there's still a part of you that that in me not everyone maybe but was in me when i was competing that you want people to not do as well and that's not a nice thing a nice wolf to feed in within me um and so that's at least chase tag is a lot more of a, a childlike play spontaneous form of competition or a skill competition is less i mean you can still have that uh, wanting someone to fail but it's it's still less you versus the others it's kind of everyone just trying to do their best yes, so yes, it's yes. trying to trying to recognize the competitions which feed better mm -hmm. traits within us rather than the worst aggressive traits yeah yeah for sure yeah i also don't like the road chase tag um, setup i feel like it's dangerous and it's it's just ugly and I don't think it uh, takes the most potential out of the athletes in a way and out Completely. of the game in general. I feel like yeah. the, gen the, the game is kind of limited to uh, doing suicide jumps through bars to catch the other one and both are destroyed on the floor. And I don't know, I'm, I, <laughs> I, I like the idea. I like the way it's going, but I really don't like the course and I'm very scared of watching yeah. it and seeing people getting hurt um, mm. because, yeah. It's in skills yeah. competition is cool because it seems like the most true to the sport, right? Isn't it? It's like how we train. Oh, look at challenge. Let's do it. And then everyone takes turns yeah. and tries to do it. And um, with, Consistency, it's, precision. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a much better version, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. But... Would you compete now in skills, speed, or chase tag? <laughs> that's, that's that's funny. You, I've been asked to compete in chase tag. Honestly, my I've been dealing with some niggles and injuries that that have never that haven't quite gone. Um, but I, in the last few few in the last six months, I've definitely made some some. That's been my journey since leaving parkour is to try and um, I I call it biomechanics, but trying to fix the way my body is aligned so that I can train without without injuries right and i think that's that's what we all want i mean coming to identify that there's there's not just physical there's emotional stuff as well but there's a certain time in in life when you think any injury you get is like going to affect you for life and it will never heal and I, you went through something recently with your ankle i think when you maybe felt the same questions you're like will it ever heal maybe this is just me now um and if if you do do the right work and you do the right soul searching and physical training, you can. I feel like you can get out. And I've I've had really bad knees, and they feel like so much better than they've, they've felt in my adult life probably right now. Um, but there's still a few other things. But when you say to me, 
would I compete? I remember, I think I saw Giles competed in a skills competition, maybe in Rotherham, one of the gyms in England. And I just had the thought then is like, yeah, I would just be in a, in a friendly way. I'd love to just show up and do one of these competitions, you know, no pressure mm-hmm. um, and just, and just try it. Um, I, I would, I'd hope to get back to, um, to there. I trained in a gym the other day in uh, Lancashire, Lancashire and I really enjoyed it. Um, and I felt okay afterwards. So uh, yeah, there's nothing on the horizon, but I, not in the close horizon, but parkour's. I've never let it completely disappear from my horizon ever. Like I've always felt like I want to get back into it, but I, I feel like my journey is I'm on the the long road, um, the the turtle and the hare kind of thing. I'm on the turtle, and I want to, when I come back to it, I want my body to want to do it and not to have to force myself to train through injuries and niggles and the body's like maybe you should rest today tim but then i just carry on and make something worse i want it to be like this is what we want to do today and go out and do it you know yeah nice yeah i'm very happy when i see you doing anything uh, parkour related <laughs> but i like I like to see you moving in general everything and you you, you called it a uh, biomechanics is that how you define mm-hmm. your training right now i would say so i'd say i'm trying to because basically biomechanics is the, the bot looking at the body not in a robotic way at all at all but that's how people sometimes see that word because the word mechanical is is in it but it's like we are designed to function and to move in a way uh, that's either optimum or less optimum and you know every animal a horse all horses kind of run the same way and, and cats from a tiger to a little pussy cat they all have a similar way of movement that their body is designed to do with the bones, the ligaments, the joints, the fascia, uh, and, you know, connective tissues and everything. And so looking at the human body and I've, I, I did PE at school, but that didn't learn to learn too much in a, a level in uh, college. And I also did mathematics and physics. And so I, I've naturally like as an athlete, I've loved human movement, but I've also kind of liked physics and mathematics as well. And so biomechanics is really stripping it right back to look at how, and I, I got into running after I did parkour, and that highlighted to me how how much my biomechanics were were an optimum, and it had certain dysfunctions with feet pointing out and knees bobbling in, and all these different dysfunctions that are either learnt from my mother or genetic or whatever the reason I have them or from the wrong kind of impacts was was to look at that stuff because if I can understand that and it is possible to change and correct the way you walk and run to a to a more aligned way with but the body's design and I'll, I'll point to an athlete like Kadori, right you see how he's able to take incredible height drops and i when i look at the biomechanics of him the way he lands on the outside edges of his feet and his knees are slightly outside the feet when he lands as opposed to if your knees are inside your feet when you land you're collapsing you know you're gonna you're gonna cause a lot more strain whereas he lands in a certain way but you cut the thing is you can't just mirror someone like Kadori and expect your body to absorb it the same way because he's built that through years of, of growing up a certain way but I if there is a way to train to change the body to retune it so to speak so that it's able to move in in a way or you know just slightly more in that direction then we're able to do more with it so my journey is has been into the biomechanics of the human body and looking at all these different fringe um, perspectives on it as opposed to 
I'm I'm someone who's anyone that knows my journey will know that I'm, I don't really follow the the mainstream uh, take on many things, and not and maybe that's to my own, you know throw the baby out with the bathwater sometimes, and, and that might be to my own detriment. But at the same time, I I find a lot of things I find joy looking at the fringe uh, perspectives of of society on stuff, and so when it comes to biomechanics, I, I discovered things like functional patterns and and followed a lot of their training for a while, and then got into other ones like Gota and flowability and uh, hyperarch fascia training and uh, WEC method and all these different takes on biomechanics and looking at where they overlap and where they uh, challenge each other and how some of them use uh, child or baby positions to strengthen the body to be have the correct biomechanics and crawling and rockers and other people use uh, just breathe breath training to get to those positions some people use, like functional patterns use more slow controlled movements mim mimicking walking in, in the, with the correct pattern and there's all these different takes on it but um I, i've it's been an incredible uh, journey of discovery and i've i've definitely made some positive shifts within within my body and it's, there's still plenty more to go um but but just looking at something as simple as running which is that fundamentally the body the human body is designed before it does parkour and and gymnastics and whatever it's designed to walk and run like those are all bonuses and you know dancing and everything is a the human body can do a, a billion infinity possibilities of movement with the human body it's so beautiful but if we strip it right down to the fundamentals, it's designed to move up consciousness, our mind and our mouth so that we can eat somewhere and whatever. So fundamentally, it's designed to walk and run. So you're, the, the main function of your bicep is to lift the arm so that it can swing you forward. Uh, and then it does other things as well. And it lifts and it's, it's got other capacities. But one of the main functions is that. And so there's kind of a simplification, but that that's how it is. I wanted to understand walking and running because if I can get them right, then that's a solid foundation to build off of. And that is the one thing I would say maybe missing the most when I look at parkour from an outside perspective and the path that I've been on is people can do great precisions and strides and, and cat passes and everything, but the running that goes on in between those movements is in most cases is, is so, by far suboptimal. And that if we're able to train that and work on that, people will be able to get one, they'll look a lot more fluid and they'll look more like a cat or a tiger that moves in their movement because they will look like they're moving with balance. We know when someone's moving with balance when they're doing the moves. We don't know when they're moving with balance when they're running. And that's something that I think I may be able to offer to help uh, certain people. And also then we can get the more speed out of a shorter run-up. So if you've got a limited run-up for parkour, we all know that, okay, this is a, I've, I've got my back to this wall and I've got to get that running pre from that wall there. I've got to make the most out of this speed. And so what most of us do is just try to go as hard as we can, but put all your power into it. But what does put all the power into it mean? Like, so that I want to, I've found ways to intelligently apply power so we can, so it's not just using more muscle. It's actually moving with certain sequencing, with balance, with the head over foot, with every step that we take. And so that we're never out of balance when we, when we run and that it allows us to take off with more power because there's an equation i don't know if you want to get into it but power power is balance is a factor of power it's not just strength it's it's how balanced we are when we move because that yeah but essentially that's been a lot of my journey and that's yeah. um where i'm at i understand cool um but don't you feel like um, adaptation has a massive role in it like more than only optimization uh, for example kidori's uh movement is very much an adaptation of the movement style that he was exposed to 
in Australia with people doing big, big things because of the types of spots that they have, the architecture of their place. So it's not like he was born to take impacts really well. It was an adaptation. So how, how much of the optimization is, can be limiting the natural adaptation of the person's movement according to their uh, environment? I, I think with biomechanics, the patterns are put in place long before we even got into parkour. And so I've got videos of uh, my five-year-old stepson jumping off a step. And I've got a video of our neighbor jumping off the same step. And he's also five years old. And one of them, my stepson lands with his feet really pointed out and his knees kind of collapse inwards and he has to put his hands on the floor. Whereas the neighbor, he's got really good mechanics because he's just not, he, well, the five-year-old stepson had broken his ankle and because he broke his ankle and he was still trying to run, he's built in these, these habits of movement, which are definitely just may cause him problems when he's older, if we're not able to get him to a place where he, he can correct it. Um, but the neighbor who's had no problems in growing up and the moves with really good biomechanics, the way I'd assess it. And he lands and he doesn't have to put his hands down and he springs right back up. And so he takes impact really well. And so someone like Kadori, he must have got, it's like a crab shoot. Though some people make it through life with, with good biomechanics, despite bad footwear, despite the society around them, despite playing sports. Because the thing is, we play sports at a young age, we get injuries, we never rehab them. And then we might just walk with a limp for the, or, or, you know, for the rest of our life or have a certain pattern on the, the right quads just got bruised at one point. And so we change the way we move for the rest of our life. And so it's, it really is a crapshoot for those that make it through w with all these challenges without dysfunctions and so or with less functional movement. So he's I, I wouldn't say it's because he's just because when I was 16, I was trying to copy David Bell and jump off high stuff. But my body just couldn't take it the same way someone like David Bell could. And then eventually I got into that. So I, I think it happens a lot earlier rather than just adapting to if we could if we all just tried it. I don't think we all adapt the same way if we if we've got to five years old and got different patterns already. Mm. Got your point. And uh, you say that you have all these different um, inspirations or people that you like the research that you've been doing, all these uh, different um, methods. And mm -hmm. I see that there's a lot of these on the internet, so many, and also like fitness Instagrammers and these people with <laughs> rehabs and stuff like this. And for me, mm -hmm. I'm very skeptical about a lot of things. I never say it's wrong and I never say it's right. I'm, I'm always tried. I just give it a try. And some, some things mm -hmm. feel good to me. Some things feel bad. Uh, anyways, but where do you line this? Uh, do, you, do you draw this line between what is uh, uh, trustworthy, reliable, and what is just mm -hmm. one more guy trying to sell a product? <laughs> um. I think because I've I've been around it for a while, you, my in, intuition gets stronger. That's not to say it's perfectly accurate all the time. Um, so between a, a, a mixture of intuition and then listening to what they're saying, and if it inspires me, then I will try it. And when I've been inspired, I've tried something out for a month or two, and I've learned some things, and I've been like, oh, okay, I see why they say that. But then I've also, with many of the practices, I've come to a point when I've gone, but actually, I think there's a a more efficient way to do this or it feels like it's it's frying my nervous system too much or it's trying to force some, a square peg into a round hole too much or, the, or it's created other injuries within me because it doesn't address this issue so it's a, it really has been a case of uh, of uh, trial and error 
and just mm-hmm. following my passion. I feel drawn to a practice and I go, I deep dive. I listen, I listen to every podcast I can find <laughs> from the guys that, that talk about it. I, pra- I, I hire a coach from that method and I, and I go all out into those methods. And there, I've learned a lot and I've, le- I've learned to recognize a lot within a lot within human movement that's, that's been beautiful to understand. But there's still, I still don't think many of them are the like really that I think there's improvement to be made like any any, like anything it's still so new there's still Mm -hmm. so much room for growth in all of these and what I also recognize in a lot of that movement is there's a lot of arrogant it attracts a lot of uh, arrogant (laughs) arrogance and that's you know an injury within me that I have people that again may recognize I can have certainly I carry a lot of arrogance and the way I carry myself that I'm trying to you know understand where that comes from and work through that in my and be better about that but it, it has a lot of these people. And what I also recognize is with it, where there's arrogance, there's blind spots. And so that means that people don't necessarily will grow or develop their practice. They'll just decide this is how it is. And they won't change it for five years, 10 years until something really big has to prove to them that they need to change their methodology. And so when I've gone into all of these and I, I take what's, you know, the Bruce Lee, I just, you know, take what works and leave what doesn't kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, a bit of paraphrase there, but so that's yeah. kind of what I've done. The, the, one, the one that stuck with me the most um, has been WEC method because they're not necessarily trying a lot of the others focus on um, correcting people's issues and, and all this stuff whereas that WEC method is is about if you already have a functioning body that's this is how we make it more optimum so it's I think WEC method is for people who are already fairly athletic to then go beyond that level of athleticism where the other practices are to get people who are injured or immobile to have a normal functioning level of, but they, the thing is the other ones talk about making people more athletic when really it's more for like injured people. Whereas I think work method is the other, other end of the thing where it worked. It never helped me to become less injured. Really work method didn't, but it helped me. I, I've had to do that journey on my own on discovering other things. Although a lot of the teachings of David Weck have helped me. They're not necessarily what they talk about in their method, but when I am feeling healthy and I apply the principles of WEC method, which is running with the head over foot with this double down pulsing action with the hands, with the spinal engine moving like um, Edo and Andrew Huberman, just to bring it back to that, talked about the spinal engine. There's a book called Spinal Engine. I don't know who wrote it, but I, Edo even mentioned it in that talk and how the spine should move in an, with an infinity symbol kind of motion to make us move. The spine can move in six directions. It can tilt left, tilt right, bend forward, bend back, and it can rotate left and rotate right. But to do all of those in one motion, if you just do it in the, the like a horizontal f- figure of eight, so not the, the, you take a number eight and you put it on its side, that's the infinity symbol. And if you make the ribs do that, then it hits all six planes of motion. And that's how when we run, um, especially when we run with balance, that's that's the pattern that goes on with the spine and with the rib cage. And, and so that's what WEC method teaches. That's what the rope teaches. If people have seen me swinging a rope around, that's what it's, it's greasing the groove and it's ingraining that pattern of movement. It's downloading it into my spine, into my rib cage, into my body. So that when I run, I can feel that pattern and I can tap into it and it can, it can make me move with more efficiency and a, a whole heap of other things that, that it, that it does, but you have to have kind of a functional body to help build on it, to get the most out of it. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I see. So, what? Well, how do you call it? Weck, 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 weck method? <laughs> Not weck. Weck method. W e c k. And isn't the guy's name's David Weck, and he he invented the Bosu ball, which is like that half dome. It's like a half ball with a flat side. Uh, people ah, okay. see it in gyms. Normally, the the blue half ball thing. That's the Bosu, and he invented that 
he was playing on a Swiss ball. He, he, he said he, he decided he's going to apply martial arts principles to running. And there's certain principles within martial arts of, you know, always maintaining your balance and your center of gravity and, and verticalization with the shoulders. And there's certain methods of movement within martial arts that he thought, let me apply that to locomotion. So from fight to flight, and no one had really done that before. And he thought, let me be the most foremost uh, coach on balance within locomotion because people don't think about balance so much. And yet children, how often do children want to like balance along a wall? Like there's something ingrained yeah, in us yeah, to, yeah. to see, we want to develop balance. There's, there's something that fulfills us when we do parkour, when our balance improves, we strive to develop balance. It's, I think that's deeply embedded in the human DNA to work on our balance. But of course you go through school and all they want to, is to get good at football or to get good <laughs> at baseball or cricket because where we're, I think we're missing out. And that's why parkour is, is so, it's, it's so soul satisfying when you do it that I think compared to other sports don't give you the same feeling because it's using so much of the human body at its capacity and along with the mind and, and the heart that, you know, testing your, your fear and all these other things, it, there's no, there's no necessarily a dominant. I mean, we all have a takeoff leg and a war pop leg, but it's less within sports. It's everything's so one side dominant. If you hold a tennis racket, you hold it mainly with one hand. If you throw a ball, you throw it with one hand. And so we develop our athleticism becomes lopsided. And, and then we get injuries as we get older and we're able to do it till we're 30, 35. And then we have to retire. Whereas something that we this is a big principle of work method is non-dominant side training. We want to try to train the non-dominant side because that helps the dominant side improve as well, but it helps us not, not become Im imbalanced. And so there's just so many things within parkour that, like I say, from a young age, it, you want to train balance and parkour is an outlet for that, that, that other sports don't necessarily offer. And um, so he became the, the, the most leading coach on balance within locomotion and actually discovered a few things that people haven't discovered. And a lot of running coaches teach, keep the head in the middle. And they, they teach to try to force the head to stay in the middle. But then you look at someone like Usain Bolt and when he runs and he's, his head is moving over his, from side to side, his spine is, is rotating on this figure eight path. His arms are, are also spiraling on a figure eight path. So he moves with a lot of movement when the American sprinters run and they just swing their arms up and down and keep the shoulders square in the middle and they can't keep up with him. <laughs> um, and so there's just, just certain things that, that David identified and then found methods that are fun and playful, like swinging a rope is easy and it's forgiving it's not like swinging a stick which if you drop it you have to keep picking it up and it's hard it's gonna i mean the rope might still hit you but you can just get thousands and thousands of repetitions in in a very short space of time so the learning curve is incredibly uh, shallow and quick um to, to get it and then you, it's, we, he calls it a rite of passage practice and this is what i what i love with these practices is as opposed to something like strength training which you have to maintain like within a month you lose all the gains that you might have worked for for three months you know or a month or two months you you your strength will decrease if you don't maintain it although something like parkour will maintain it for you which is beautiful right with the rope or with the balance training like we practice with the swiss ball I've, I've just started the school of biomechanics and the first module is all swiss ball balance training because this this stuff we call it a rite of passage you can do one month of it or you can do two or three months of it and it will last you for a year or two years or 10 years. You will, you will have it downloaded into the body. So the, the re reward for the work is much greater and much more, has much more longevity rather than the mainstream approach to most biomechanical issues is strength training and just pure muscular activation through, through, through traditional eccentric concentric loading of the muscle, just bend it and straighten it and push it and pull it. And that's how we apply most things. Whereas, you know, with movement, it's, there's so much more going on. There's certain 
patterns of movement and this sequencing there's a timing that has to happen with a kong where the one leg you do a big stride and then you do a little stride and then that foot and then you rise up and boom there's there's timing to everything there's patterns of movement that are, have to be applied so it's more than just being stronger and and so what i what i like is finding these practices which are considered rites of passage that you can put in a, sh a lot in a short space of time like the rope like the swiss ball and you can get so much more benefits out of it that can last you for, for you know years beyond that yes i see but this inter interdisciplinarity interdisciplinarity is also really good right as uh, we were talking about your contribution to parkour uh, being more uh, upper body dominant than most part of the athletes and stuff um the resistance training has a space as well as uh, the WAC method has its space and as well as yoga. Oh, 100%. Or, so I feel like 100%, yeah. it, it's uh, the balance there is also really important. I, I, I'm not, I already said, I talked about this on this podcast that I'm not a huge fan on how the parkour community is so obsessed right now with uh, resistance training and strength training. Are they? Are they? I've, not, I've not noticed that so much. Is it what a lot of dead, deadlifts and squats or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, when we yeah. already practice something that is so compressing, like parkour is so compressing, and we don't mm. do any other practice that is like f freeing space in our bodies, you know? And I feel like <laughs> there should decompressing, be... Decompressing, yeah. Yeah, decompressing. But, uh, you know, dec you decompress when you sleep. But more than decompressing, I want more space. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> I, feel, I feel like uh, we, we, we miss uh, the the encouragement to practice uh, other disciplines that will free space in our bodies, like mm. like yoga or some stretching or maybe a WEC method and we, stuff like this. Yeah, well, the rope, the rope is good for that because it's so light and it's just mobilizing, you know? It's just getting, greasing the groove, getting the joints, some good fluid. It, it's a, like sometimes you feel really tired and you do some rope and you suddenly have it, it, we call it a work in rather than a work out. And I guess that may be mm -hmm. what you mean by decompressing. You know, it's not it's not high intensity, a lot of impact, your adrenaline's running or your nervous system's tired by the end of it. It's just very much a built energy builder. Um, and that's that's why I like that. I think honestly think something like kettlebells is yeah. make I could see that getting into park, park free runners getting into kettlebells because they're really fun. You can play with them, you swing it about, it's not just a heavy weight on your shoulders, you know, you swing it, it's creative. The weight's external to you. So because the weight's, as opposed to a dumbbell where the weight's in your hand, the weight's actually outside of your body's center of mass or whatever. So you so you get, it's like a dance with it and there's a bit more uh, push and pull. And yeah, there's, there's something about that that also doesn't feel as taxing as putting, you know, 100 kilos on your back or something. Yeah, plus, plus flow and rhythm, right? As we were talking about uh, Danny's movement style and how nowadays it's really not what we see on the big, uh, free running events like Heart of Motion, um, but I, I really uh, connect yeah. flow to rhythm, and I feel like the the way of the rope, the rope swinging things and kettlebell can mm. help you improve on this uh, type of transfer of momentum and putting your body uh, into some fluidity. I feel like there is potential there for parkour in different yeah. ways. There's a lot of people who struggle with getting flow somehow. Yeah, I think the kettlebells could definitely come into parkour as like a training tool because it's just something raw and organic about it, like watching David Bell back in the day, you know, like you could make a, a badass kettlebell training video and then go out and just do some big jumps because you've been hip thrust in a, a, a 24, pound, 24 kilogram 
kettlebell with your hips like it's going to give you some big jumps and everything like people report like bigger jumps and everything from that kind of training so something to see um and now going a little bit into the either portal either portal thing and also related to the WEC method and to my previous question i mm-hmm. i am very skeptical i already told you about all of this stuff and i feel like there's <laughs> some sort of like um uh abstractionism it's like everything is very abstract and i see ido as a very with ido with 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 ido's approach you mean yeah 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 i will use him as the main example here because he's the one that i heard the two and a half hours podcast and uh you were also talking about uh, the arrogance of uh, a lot of these people on the internet and i see this so much on him and i'm like man i i don't know you but i already don't like you because you're so arrogant and I feel like we are all exploring and there's no one um, absolute truth to any practice. Maybe this one is perfect for you and for your students, but I'm sure that there is like millions of other people who could not adapt to your method. Um, don't you feel like it's becoming too bureaucratic, this type of Ido portal um, <laughs> Uh, creations of move because to me everything he does is just a little bit of a lot of different disciplines put into a very expensive product but i don't see a lot of what what is it it's like okay his movement and his practice and it's fun blah blah blah. and i understand that he's a smart guy and he understands what he's talking about but uh, isn't this more a product than a practice I, I think it's hard to speak on Edo's too much because I haven't gone through his system or gone to any of his uh, full-on like weekend workshops or week-long workshops. But people I have, they all seem to rate it quite highly. Um, and he seems to get pretty decent results with people like Roy Gold. There's a free runner. I'm sure I've met him before. I think he lives in England, but he's not English on Instagram I follow, beginning with P or... Marcelo Palozzi, right? Exactly, Marcelo. He's amazing. Yes. I love his movement. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So he's a, an Edo student that brings, you know, half of what he does is parkour inspired, or if not more than that. But but he's got a certain approach to it, looking at, you know, different types of movement. So when we use a body wave to move, or when we use a rotation, a spin to a spiral or something to move. And so I like I find that stuff fascinating because, as my human mind likes to put things in a box, and th- this is where I much prefer WEC method is the opposite, literally the opposite end of the spectrum to Edo Portal because in my eyes, because Edo Portals feels so disorganized and whereas WEC method is organized and it focuses purely on locomotion as the primary uh, thing, like cookie cutter that we're going through locomotion as a blueprint and then it can help everything else potentially. That's what we're proving. But the the Edo Portal is so disorganized and it has no um, like North Star to aim for with its practice. It's just movement for movement's sake. And as an exploration, and to have something new to practice every month, I'm sure that's very fun for people that are drawn to that. I've never been truly too drawn to it because I, I, I the mathematical mind in me likes more stuff to feel more organized, um, and that might be my own block to it. But uh, but yeah, I, I I've I do respect him as a mover, and a lot of his yes. a- athletes that he seems to train come out good. I think Conor McGregor was the best he ever was when he was training with Edo Portals. I, I think for sharpening your sword, it, it must do something. I'm not going to discount it, but I, yeah. I, I like the organized practices. And that's what I think I found with WEC method. And what, what I'm sharing with School of Biomechanics is there's an organization yes, and structure I to see. it. But it's like, I also like the fact that it's a generalist thing. 
this I like because I'm not a specific person like saying you know you have to do this and that to you. The best athlete <laughs> in the world is the person who just does that. It's just the best person doing this specific domain of movement, but probably sucks. Like uh, Usain Bolt, maybe is not a great swimmer, you know. Uh, and there's no racism involved because <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, but um, like for example, Marcelo Palosi, I I love his movement and the things that he is doing, but. It's a very simpli simplistic uh, uh, overthinking of parkour basics in a lot of times. He does also some really nice things and I love to watch it. But a lot of it is just basic parkour, like, like balancing, you know. They are selling the idea of balancing yeah. on a rail as if it's something so holistic and difficult. But it, for us, it's our warm-up, and it's something you start when you <laughs> you start training, and you you get better at it. But you're not like trying to create such a a huge thing around because it, the more you think about it, the more complicated it becomes, right? In my opinion, and yeah. I feel like this is what is is happening a little bit in this world of the the movement practice. People are talking so much about so basic things that. You kind of stop appreciating the simple fact of moving because you're thinking too much about moving. And a simple push-up is not a push-up. There's all this crazy terminology on doing a push-up hmm. or balancing on a rail. And I feel like this is where it crossed the line where it stopped being something that I would like, oh, wow, I appreciate it so much to something that I'm like, come on, guys, please. It's just movement, moving. <laughs> it's basic parkour, basic swimming, basic uh, uh, breakdancing. Like Roya Gold, I love him. Mm. But he's a great well, breakdancer, like, but slow. <laughs> well, he's an average breakdancer. Yeah, he's an average <laughs> breakdancer. Yeah. That, that, and that, that, was, that will be my next point, to be honest, because I, I went to watch his... Um, documentary that london real made on him and i really enjoyed it um just move or something like that i can't remember what it's called but i found it really inspiring and i actually got to meet him face to face i didn't really speak to him much but i said hello um <laughs> but one thing i actually one thing i actually do i told him actually this is what i told him what he does because i i can i'm completely with you and if you're a child and you just get into parkour you don't overthink it you don't analyze it you go and move and a balance on a rail is very you know the big one of the first things you learn and you do it as a warm-up but what he does is he he helps people because it when i did breakdancing once you do it and you do it enough and you learn a windmill then you understand what baby mills are and you understand what air flares are and you understand what halos are and munch mills. but when you don't do it yourself it just looks like a guy spinning and flying through the air and you don't truly appreciate what is happening with those movements and it's the same when people watch parkour they don't truly recognize someone striding on rails and you know all these crazy flip precision and stuff they could they they just see they see a madness happening in the air and then the feet touch the wall mm -hmm. and then they jump <laughs> off and it's like what Edo does in this organization and structure is it's it's helps people it's the stepping stone so that if they understand if they train with him or they've done some of that then they might be able to watch breakdancing and actually have an appreciation for what they're actually doing because it's that step in between, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Okay, I see, I see, I get your point. Well, Whereas it's not, it's not necessary if we all just played with the bodies from younger, but because we don't all have that opportunity or we, ha we haven't been drawn to it, I think it just, yeah, someone can watch Marcelo and then they can see parkour and understand it maybe a little bit better because of that, that bridge in the gap. Yeah. Yeah, he's a great salesman, you know, I think <laughs> all he does is very much selling small fundamentals of very various disciplines into a great product, 
and um, well, I hope his some people are uh, benefiting out of this. You know, getting something out of this, learning, enjoying. I, and I think people being do. Happy. Yes, this is the this is the main thing for me. If people are happy with it, they do what they want to do. For me, I think it's yeah. a little bit over the line on. But it's my opinion, and I'm just one out of eight billion. It doesn't really <laughs> matter. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so now I want to jump topics to the the latest documentary of Jimmy the Giant about you. I really, really liked it. Um, <laughs> most mostly the beginning, the, the 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 your trajectory in parkour. It was really nice to see. It gave me a lot of nostalgia mm. and flashbacks and the good old golden uh, era of parkour. I really liked that moment. Yeah. Um, and hmm. but then, of course you've been through a lot of uh, internet conversations and discussions and people talking about you and blah blah and how do you deal with this response to your presence to your ideas how how do you because you're human you know more than the the, the yeah. person on the internet you're a guy and I I cannot imagine that you can just take it simply like I don't care how do you deal with this <laughs> I read a comment actually on that video and I don't know if I should have read the comments because it's a bit of a risk but actually you know for the most part people are quite nice so I, I, I do appreciate that but it, people have a right to their opinion on me whether it's good or bad and I, I I do not have a right to like expect anyone to be any any way towards me that's something I'm learning but they did say they said the two good things about Tim is like you know whatever he puts his mind to and works he works hard and he gives it everything and he does well and the other thing he said was Tim doesn't give a fuck what anyone thinks. <laughs> He's like, he would just do it anyway. And and the thing is, I I think I told myself that a lot. And I and I I always tried to make sure my decisions weren't affected by what someone's going to think of me if I was to make that decision. That's one thing that I've tried to keep from a young age. Some I don't know where it comes from. I think it's because my mum maybe tries to control had tried continues to but tried to control me a lot and I had resistance to her trying to control me and so I then apply that to society like you know because a lot of our injuries and the things we carry forward are from our childhood from either mother or father and so I never wanted someone's what someone thought about me to affect my decision of how I should move choose to movement in my life and I, I'm I'm kind of ha like I'm glad I live with that sort of uh, moral code or motto for my life But that having said that, that doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt me when people say um, mean things or, or cruel things about me. And what I try to resist it and, or push it down or intellectually process it and just say that's their issue or that says something about them. It doesn't say anything about me when actually I think it does hurt and it has hurt me more in the past. And I've resisted feeling the pain. And so now my the current chapter of life I'm in is trying to understand my emotions and try to feel every emotion. And this is something I've only just started. It's going to be a long journey. I've been doing it for a few years. I'm slowly getting better. But if someone says something that triggers something about me, when I read a nasty comment about me, is I try to feel the pain of that feeling in my stomach. Because once once I've felt it, once it's gone, then it won't, then the next time I read a comment, it doesn't feel as, as bad. And it slowly whittles away. Whereas if I just resist it and say, fuck them, or I, I write a reply back that's defensive, or I tell myself that it's it's just, yeah, it doesn't matter what they say. Like these are all like lies or over-intellectualizations rather than actually life is lived in our emotions. Like everything good that's ever happened to us was because of love involved. Everything bad was because of love not being involved. Like that that's fully how, how life is. It's lived in the emotions, not in the intellect. And I'm trying to get out of the intellect and start to recognize when I see that there was, you know, I put a video on my YouTube recently of me crying and I've never, I'm, normally, 
well, I, I don't cry and I wouldn't really put anything out of me crying. People think it's for attention and they've got, everyone's got their perspectives and they project onto me why I've done it because of the reasons they would see themselves doing the same thing, which is quite an interesting thing that people do. But I, I, I have a fear of people seeing me cry or looking weak or looking vulnerable. Cause I'm like, I'm like, no, I've, I've got this. I've, I'll, I'll handle my business or whatever. I've got this, you know, macho man approach to certain things. And so that was a chest for me to like, if I put this out there, people like are going to judge me. People are going to say, well, fuck it. Like, let's do it. I'm, I'm scared. To, there's a part of me doesn't want to do it. And so that's part of, I like to test myself. What, what am I scared to do? Let's try and, and test that. And so what happened when I put that video out was, um, I, the, on a, there's an Instagram account, which is, makes memes of free runners and Shane is on some memes. I don't know if you've seen it. I forgot the name of it. Have you seen that account? And they, they post the thing making fun of me and, and, um, it kind of, it's not that cruel, but it, it's a bit in jest, but, but then it's the comments that I read under it. And there's certain free runners who I even look up to and respect that sort of next generation that's coming through that, that are making mean comments about me and, and saying, you know, doing it for attention or doing it for the subscribers or something like that. And, I'm, and it hurts. Cause I'm like, fuck, like I look, I look up to these guys. I respect them as athletes or whatever. And, and this is how they feel about me, but that's, that's just, that's fine. Like, no, like it's, it's, well, it hurts, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to just experience the feelings because once I've released the feelings and it doesn't, won't bother me. Whereas before I just resisted the feelings. So it's all, it's a, a test and it's the game of life is not, played on the surface it's behind the surface it's in those it, it's it's going on behind the scenes and it's starting to identify with that 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 the games behind the games that's that really where life played and where integrity is and where character is built and developed and um that that's what i'm trying to experiment with at the moment and yeah it it's a shame when people can like i say see you and people just take different things away from it and have their their perspectives and takes on it but uh, you know every, everyone yeah that's fair enough <laughs> that's fair enough it's just yeah. for me to, it's for me to feel and it's for me not to fight it or resist it or to or to, to do it now anymore it's just to surrender to it all yeah i see it as a sort of intelligence to to be able to embrace all these different uh, activities or ideologies like you do from parkour if you're running to veganism to way of rope or anything and this switching from a place to another i think is really good because flexibility is what makes you learn more right if you're stuck to one thing forever what are you learning yeah um when we're children we just have constant seek to learn new things learn new things we don't hold on to, yeah. we move on when we're ready to move on we stop playing guitar and we try something else and then we move on and i i just think what yeah people become adults and then they just stop trying new things and stop developing a lot and this could be us for it like we don't know that when like when we when we die or when we leave this earth that that's the end anyway maybe we're meant to continue to develop throughout eternity and i just think looking at society's methods of doing things can be so stale and stagnant and ever and there's a lot of people i feel are stuck in the middle in every in, they're stuck in the middle emotionally I, i'm coming out of that i'm still there though stuck in the middle emotionally stood in the, stuck in the middle physically and stuck in the middle mentally as well. And so it's like, how can we get out of this stuck in the middle and, and start to move in the ebb and flows of life? Like the infinity path has literally been an inspiration because that, that's the happy and the sad, right? You're flying, you're going from one side and you're using that momentum and turning it to the other side. So if, you, if you're stuck in the middle, 
you know flow if you're not if you can't feel sadness you won't feel joy like it's the same yeah. the same channel that it comes down so allowing yourself to feel all all parts of life that wants you to feel and experiment with everything yeah of course it's part of being human and this comment of like looking for attention blah 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 i feel like there's a natural need of humans for attention because you know we like caring about people and we like knowing that people care about us but my honest unsolicited judgment uh, about your videos and your presence online and how you are exposing yourself and posting like videos of you crying for example but i don't feel like it's a it's a call for attention anyway but is it was it what you were looking for like attention i honestly i don't think it is um but i'm still learning more about myself like every year i'm learning more and more to know myself and my my the injuries i carry in my soul that are, are there from my childhood that come out in that are emotional injuries that direct most of our life so maybe there is a, a part of me but honestly it, it didn't feel like, like that's not the type of attention that i want i'd much rather do backflips and and handstands and people go oh tim you're an amazing mover and athlete like i want to be an athlete like you like that's the traditional that's what people <laughs> that's traditionally what people want people to say but that's so that doesn't fulfill you at all like that doesn't like oh it's, it's such a strange thing so yeah I, i just like to test myself and that's what i feel like that was a test to myself like even the fact that i was able to record and continue to cry like normal i just thought if i started recording i'd stop crying instantly because i was aware of the camera and the camera yeah. is so fake but the emotion was so real that it that i was able to cry like it, it, the emotion it was such a raw feeling i had that, and i don't know if you wanted to get into the actual feeling it was but that was so yeah. real that i continued to cry and then i th and then i had the video and i just thought man imagine uploading it to youtube right now that would be fucking bit idiot <laughs> you know that would, like you got that video of yourself yeah. crying about girls and hurting women and you're like upload that to your youtube and just sink your whole youtube <laughs> like people but but it could help people it could help some guys you know help them to feel help them to realize that we need to be nicer to not everyone but i've not been the nicest to women in my life um although i've thought i was nice to women like i thought <laughs> i was not but uh I, to have those realizations and go actually and, and to actually put myself out there and maybe inspire other men because there's a lot of talk about mental health and these challenges yeah, um, yeah. but there's not so much talk about the f going through feelings and, and that, that's one of the keys for my mental health is is getting into understanding my feelings and trying to express my feelings and so I just thought yeah. if, if other men could see that and maybe help them to cry then yeah. then that could help and you know maybe these free runners don't understand it in their 20s but maybe in their 30s they might start to understand it a bit more. oh yeah definitely man yeah definitely man it's also a realization that i stumbled across uh, with after i got a little bit older because around 2018 19 i was going through such like uh, difficulties uh, with my feelings and i was feeling so stuck inside in a way my my soul was so stuck like so stranded inside of my body and it started to to express itself in ways that i never thought i could like anxiety and fear and like jealousy and until it got to a point that i couldn't take it anymore and i felt like i had the need to say things that were 
really like stuck in me buried deep down in my heart and once I did that um, I cried finally and I realized that I hadn't cried for like seven or eight years wow. or something I was just taught not to cry yeah for some reason and when I was a kid I was actually like crying a lot I, I would cry when I had a good cryer that's good because it means you didn't bottle stuff up if you were crying yeah but then I think that with the like the time passing by and like the society norms on men not crying um, I just stopped and I, I could feel that I was I was getting filled with emotions and they were not coming up and I was getting bottled up I was bottling up my emotions and I think that this being so filled with your past, it still reflects a lot in, in your life, like um, negativity and criticism and judgment. I still see a lot of, of it. And then I said that it's enough. So recently I decided to take care of myself. <laughs> so yeah, I started therapy and like I trust her and she's from Brazil, from my city, from my black. She kind of understands my pains and... Uh, when I talk to her, I cry, and because of this, I have such closer relationship with my feelings and um, with myself, and I don't feel so, just once a week, just the difference it makes to life in general, you know? It feels like it's just getting better and better by, by the week, this relationship with myself. And I feel like there shouldn't be a shame for people to like reach out for happiness because on social media all you see is positivity and people being nice and pretty and talented but no one is actually talking real life it's really rare that we will find people talking real life you know like um, and and it maybe it would be nice that sometimes you see some negativity so you can relate and understand that it's part of being human to 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 suffer to struggle and then because you go through this also you understand when happiness is happiness instead of always being comparing to other people on social media you know i feel like if people are uncomfortable and they're judging and they're criticizing seeing a grown-ass man crying just don't watch maybe the problem is in you that you feel like this is weird right maybe you need to cry <laughs> Yeah, that's beautiful, man. That's nice to hear that you've been on that soul journey as well and that you're able to get into your, your feelings with that therapist. That's great, man. I didn't know about that. Yeah, I would I would really recommend it because, you know, he's just a professional that knows how to listen and to ask you the right questions and to make you uh, not feel bad, but seeing see yourself and your feelings from a different perspective also, you know. So I, I recommend that for anyone because uh, it's a it's a it's good to explore and to learn and to be able to have this talk to someone and to yourself. Definitely, that's definitely the that's the a whole another journey of that's parkour into the emotions, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, cool. All right. So Japanese um, subject on swapping shoes. You do TikTok. I give you two options. You pick one. You can not keep your foot on the wall for too long otherwise you slip ready to go yep good to go so parkour or free running parkour gymnastics or martial arts oh martial arts ampisound or visive productions oh visive <laughs> definitely visive but I, I do appreciate scott's work though yeah pizza or pasta oh oh pasta 
uh, stay or leave? Oh, I'm going to have to say leaves right now. Um, Brighton or Cambridge? Oh, sheesh. Cambridge. I got way more memories in Cambridge. David Bell or Sebastian Fulcan? Oh, man, that's harsh. Yeah, Dave, just the David, just the nostalgia of David's video. Speed Airman. I'm going to have to say the Speed Airman. And the last one, the most uh, traditional one, is Daniel Labaka or Oleg Vorslav? Oh, man. <laughs> I spent so much time with Oleg, man. I, I love that. I miss that guy. Like, me, oh, in, in America, the MTV thing, man. Oleg's, Oleg's got such pain in his heart, man. But he's such an amazing creative mover. Um, but but Danny, I'm gonna have to go with my boy Danny. <laughs> nice, thank you very much. No worries, I like that. That was a good little round. Yeah, I have to personalize a little bit uh, of the questions according to the guest, and I felt like this one would match with you very much. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've got memories with all all of them as well, man. Like, yeah, I spent time with Seb. I've not really met David. I met him once when I did the interview, and that was cool. But yeah. So, what's next for you? What is your, uh, what is coming uh, for your near future? So I've just launched School of Biomechanics. That's been, that's my next three months. It's three main modules. It's um, stability or, or structural integrity in the body. Because I think that's hugely missed when we're looking at people do strength training and it's not traditional strength training. So yeah, first module is structural integrity or stability in the body. Then it's patterns of movement and then it's strength training once you've got those foundations in place. So that's really my focus. We're running kind of the beta run through it right now. There's a hundred or so people in the school. Um, and I have weekly live chats, uh, weekly programming. So every pro every week the program kind of develops and then we have to, we've got two more weeks and then we move on to the next module. Um, so that's it really. It's, it's a lot of balance training for, because I think balance is what builds stability in the body. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it's pattern training, bit of rope, bit of light kettlebell. And then this, uh, so I'm just sort of developing that in the background while releasing it to the, those in the school right now. That's mainly my, my focus. Um, that and then it's the emotional work. I'm studying uh, Divine Truth on YouTube is where I, I've, it's helped me so much with the to understand my emotions a bit better. And yeah, that's that's going to be a lifelong journey, um, I think, <laughs> to undo all the the childhood stuff that we've been through. But uh, that's it for me, really. School of Biomechanics, wear the rope if people just want to touch. Either I've seen quite a few free winners actually getting into the rope, which is cool to see. Yeah, I like it. I like it very much. Yeah um hey if i ever come to lisbon me and my girlfriend talked about coming to lisbon i don't know when it will happen but i'm definitely going to reach out when i do yes please man do it do it i would love to see you you're still based there yeah? Yeah, yeah 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 still based there it will happen hopefully in the next 12 months thank you very much for the talk for the time uh, it was great to catch up i miss you man really i really really miss you oh man i miss you too really? brother and i hope to see you soon Yeah. yeah, you 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 were always like one of definitely one of my favorite freerunners for a long time, man. Like, and I probably I think I told you that. I don't know if you remember, but yeah. And the the video you did for us for Flow was great. Like, enjoyed filming that in Lisbon. Um, it was a great Thank reason you. to come out, Thank wasn't it? And that was a fun time. But yeah, yeah, hopefully, hopefully it's not the end, and we'll our friendship can continue, my man. Thank you very much, team, and all the best to you. Thanks, Luis. Uh, I'll see you around. I'll see you on the Instagram. Cool. Ciao, ciao. See ya. Peace. Thank you for making it this far. I hope you have enjoyed and um, I hope that you could take some out of it or you have some opinions you want to share, you know, hit me up. 
and follow up at Parkworth on Instagram, also Team Shift and all his endeavors through movement. Have a great week with training sessions. Uh, all the best to you all. PK for life. <laughs>